0: Welcome to the Savvy Sauce, where we have practical chats for intentional living. I'm your host, Laura Duggar, and I'm so glad you're here. If this is your first time with us, welcome. We're thrilled to have you join us. The next few weeks, we're going to be doing something a little bit different than normal. At the end of October this year, we tallied up the downloads from previous episodes and came up with our top 10 episodes from 2018. Now we're going to re-release them over the next two weeks and then our team will plan to take a break to celebrate Christmas with our families and close out the year. We hope you tune in Monday through Friday for the next two weeks And visit us daily on social media to see what giveaway we're hosting. We have 10 giveaways planned for the first two weeks of December. So check in with us every day on Instagram or Facebook. Now we get to kick off these fun-filled two weeks here with episode number 10. Today's sponsor is Chick-fil-A East Peoria, and they have quite a few exciting updates that I'm going to share later on in this episode. You can visit them online at cfaeastpeoria.com. Elizabeth and I met over a decade ago when we were both living in Atlanta, and she has always had the best reputation. She is savvy in countless ways, she's intentional, and she desires to help others excel at what they're doing. Currently Elizabeth is the Manager of Hospitality Strategy at Corporate Chick-fil-A and actually today we're thrilled to be recording in Orlando as we are meeting with 6,000 of our friends at the annual Chick-fil-A conference. So welcome Elizabeth. Thank you, honored to be here. Well it's so wonderful to get a chat with you today. Let's just start, can you give us a
1: snapshot of your life? Yes, right now in our season of life, I'm married to my best friend and the love of my life, John. We met through Chick-fil-A, so we, we call that a chick fil a relationship. And um, then we have a precious little four-year-old boy and a little two-year-old girl that are just complete joy, full of energy, abundant questions and curiosity, which definitely inspires me in many ways to stay curious
0: Uh, Well, we love your family, and something inspiring about Elizabeth, for all you listeners who don't know her yet, she is someone who aligns her values with her actions. So Elizabeth, you have a full plate, yet you're managing your different
1: roles well. Can you share how you're doing this? Mm, Well, I'm honored to hear you say that. It's certainly something I aspire towards. Not every day is perfect, but I think that um, it's interesting to be in the season of life that I'm in. My dream was to be a wife and a mom and then to find myself that the Lord had plans to put me in the corporate career world first and then bless me with meeting and marrying my husband and having babies. It's interesting because it's, A life that I absolutely love, but I never anticipated it would look like this. I never thought I'd have these plates uh, spinning. And so I think it's a really important question to first assess what are those values and then ask how are my choices aligning to those. Um, It reminds me of a quote I saw on the wall. Uh, Three weeks ago, I was out in Waco visiting Magnolia Market, and we've gotten to do some work with them as they think about their customer experience. And I saw this quote, it said, it's not hard to make decisions when you know what your values are. Roy Disney. And I was really inspired by that, like the man who created Disney World, thinking about how... Your decisions become easy when you know what your values are. And so personally, the next day I was asked to go speak at an event and I was very honored at that, um, but it didn't align and it was really hard. And I think that's a reminder, certainly for myself, that it doesn't make the decision easy when you know what your values are, but it gives you peace that, you know, we have a certain amount of boundaries of nights away that I'll be away from the kids. We try to limit that as much as possible, even if that means taking a round-trip flight in a day. I want to be home at bedtime to tuck my little ones in. And so it doesn't always make, for me, the decision easy, but it makes me have peace that it's the right thing to do because I know what those values are we've had to sit down and write those in different seasons. Like what are those boundaries? What are those key things that are important for our marriage, for our family, whatever uh, elements that we're involved in, whether that's, you know, work or philanthropy, whatever, what are those boundaries? And then it allows us to be able to say yes and no. So um, I remember hearing too an author talk about how when you say yes to one thing, you're actually saying no to thousands of other things. Even though in that moment it feels like it's so painful to say no, you're actually then saying yes to your priorities. So I think that can be a really interesting concept to think about that by saying no, you're saying yes to what matters. That's great. Really living your life on purpose. Yeah, absolutely. And personally, I found a great way to assess because I think we can drift. I can drift easily because, oh, there's a great opportunity. I want to say yes. And, oh, okay, well, let's realign, rewrite our values. No, not the answer. Um, So it's easy to drift But for us in our family, and I had heard this years ago, but uh, the best way to look at what your priorities are is to look at your checkbook and your calendar. And so the two elements in life that are fungible, you can spend them any way you want, but you can only spend them one time, is time and money. And so when you look at where you're spending those resources, it's really clarifying to go, really, what is priority? in life. I love that. What are
0: some examples of ways, maybe let's start with your checkbook. Mm -hmm. How do you make sure that your checkbook is aligning with your values?
1: Well, it was a very painful process in the first year of our marriage when um, he was called budget boy. My (laughs) husband (laughs) insisted that we keep every receipt. And I hated that because I've always been a saver, but I didn't want to I didn't want to keep a budget. And I think deep down, I just didn't want to be held accountable to it. And so it was very painful that first year. But one practical thing for us is keeping a budget and saying, this is where we ultimately want to be. This is what financial freedom is. This is what our dreams are. And so therefore, this is our allotted amount to spend. And that's just important for our family. So I think budgeting. And then the other is a rule per se, that I had growing up that I actually love now, did not at the time, which is the two-week rule. And I realized later in life that this was not something anybody else had in their upbringings. So where the two-week rule came from was I was in a Toys R Us with my brother and my mom, and I saw this puffy pink, yellow, and purple journal that I really wanted to buy, and it had this little locket part where you would put the key on the front, and I was enamored with it. Well, my birthday was two weeks away. And little did I know, my brother had bought me this beautiful leather bound journal with gold leaf paper. And I insisted though on buying this purple, pink, and yellow puffy journal. Well, when my brother saw me buy that, he took the journal that he bought for me back and I never got it. And I was devastated when I found that out. Well, somehow within that circumstance, my parents had instituted that we would have a two week rule that you could identify anything you wanted in a store, but you had to wait two weeks before you could come back and buy it because inevitably you wouldn't want it anymore. Similar to that pink puffy journal. So growing up, you know, You get older, you graduate college, and you go off to live life. And then you suddenly find yourself in a mall with your friends. And you identify a pair of shoes you like or whatever. And your friend says you should buy them. And when you look at them and say, well, I have to wait two weeks. (laughs) And they look at you like you're crazy. And you look at them like, I mean, why wouldn't I wait two weeks? And then you have to explain that it's just become ingrained in you that the two-week rule is a part of living, but it's been really helpful because it's true. Whether it's a lamp I want for the family room or a pair of shoes or something, if I don't love it in two weeks, I will have regretted buying it anyway. And you can only spend your money once. So that's been a practical, helpful tool, budgeting and keeping the two-week rule alive.
0: I love that. Great examples. So you also have a history of work in the field of health and wellness. Can you share some of your best practices with us?
1: Sure. So prior to being in marketing and leading hospitality strategy, I was fascinated by the human body. God has created such an incredible human body, and so I... um worked in wellness to create wellness programs for companies and specifically at Chick-fil-A. And so through that process, it was critical that I lived it out myself. It's hard to teach something if you don't practice it. So the challenge for me came after um, having kids. So I think before there was a little bit more discretionary time that it was truly about the discipline of making it a priority. But then after having kids, it's like, wow, I've got to get up early. And so that's that's what works for me now is I get up before the sun comes up and before my little babies are up and get my exercise in. And I think going by a motto of uh, some is better than none and more is better than some. So some days it might just be 15 minutes or it might be one mile or it might be 10 pushups, but it's something moving towards that goal of being uh, healthy physically and being the kind of mother that I want to be, having the energy for all the priorities that I have in life. And so think having that some is better than none and more is better than some. And the other thing I think is having a passionate why, I think it's really easy to hit snooze and roll over and not do it. Or maybe someone's time to exercise or eat well is, uh, is later. But I think having a compelling why is critical for me to make sure that I practically apply. That's a great point. And what would you say your practical why is? My practical why is that I want to have the energy for all of the priorities in my life. I think I notice at the end of the day, if I don't exercise and if I eat poorly, um, and by eating poorly, a practical tip that I've learned is just eating those small bits every three to four hours. My energy lasts so much longer. If I just eat those little meals where you feel like you could go for a walk, you don't feel lethargic and you need to sit down, but you're just eating those small meals throughout the day, I have that energy at the end of the day to play with my kids. And I want to be able to look back and my kids say, whenever I said, do you want to play tag? Mom always said yes. And it breaks my heart on those days when I'm just so tired. And I think, why don't we do a puzzle or something? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my, that's my personal why. Well, and if somebody wants to implement these ideas
0: today Let's throw out just a sample menu for the day. What would some options be? Maybe they're stuck in a rut or they just need mm. some ideas. What would you eat for that
1: day? Ooh For nutrition, I think I think eat the things that you really love and eat in moderation the items that are, are not natural, that God didn't necessarily create. They came from a factory somewhere. Try to limit those. Uh, a, Tip could be uh, shop on the outside perimeter of the grocery store. So from produce to lean meats, all of that, eating lots of good fruits and vegetables is so helpful. I think for me, it's like when I'm trying to limit the treats and the sweets, don't necessarily cut them out. I've found my personality at least is like, if you tell me I can't have it, that's all I want. <laughs> so maybe just replace it. So recently I've been obsessed with Talenti ice cream, which is really expensive and really high calorie. And then I'm, I swapped it for an equally expensive option of the Halo Top ice cream. So I went from having 600 calories at a sitting to 100 calories at a sitting, but it still tasted great. And so I find replacing and swapping those treats out is really helpful. And then snacks, 100 to 150 calories, typically for a female that's active. Obviously, if you're training for a marathon or something like that, you would need more calories. But 100 to 150 calories for a snack with fiber and protein in it because the fiber and protein helps you feel full longer and it prevents your blood sugar from dropping.
0: I love it. And one more follow-up question Mm -hmm. with that. Let's say there's another listener in your season, busy mom, kids at home, only has five minutes to get herself something for lunch. Do you have any recommendations for an easy, quick snack or a healthy go-to? Yes.
1: There's this awesome restaurant called (laughs) (laughs) Chick-fil-A. But seriously, getting kids' meal of grilled nuggets and fresh fruit thats an awesome option. Um, Diet Lemonade. Or if you're an Arnold Palmer type, Diet Lemonade and Unsweet Tea just adds a nice little little bit of caffeine for the young moms out there, um, but a little bit of sweetness too. Some other kinds of on-the-go things, the little 100-calorie packs of almonds that they have, they, they make so many more snack-size options. So if that's nuts or an apple, uh, different bars that you can keep with you in your purse that are delicious. And help prevent that feeling of ravenous. Because a ravenous person is not a rational person, I have found. (laughs) That's so good. And what if we play it out the other
0: way? What are the dangers of us neglecting our own health because we think
1: we're too busy? I mean, I play my life out 10 or 20 years from now. And there are plenty of things I can't control, right? There are different diseases or disasters, things like that, that I can't control. But when I think about the things that are within my control, I want to have a relationship with my children and grandchildren where I'm active and playing with them. I think about my 91 year old grandmother who gets on the floor and plays with my children, her great grandchildren. And I admire that so much, but she didn't just happen into that. She's up and walking every morning. She's physically active throughout the day. She eats well, very nutrition focused. And so those things in life, they don't just happen. You don't just drift into success. You don't drift into health. You have to be intentional about it. And so I think if we don't do it, And we go with that mentality of putting the oxygen mask on the other person first. You can't give out of what you don't have. And I think that it can be a trap that very generally speaking, that I think females we can fall into and moms of young ones we can fall into where it's like, I'm going to put them first and I'll go second. But at some point when your well is dry... Nobody wants that. And so I think figuring out spiritually being grounded and rooted and growing uh, physically, having that energy that we need emotionally, being connected with friendships and, and healthy relationships in our marriage, like all of it starts to come together. And I think when we neglect ourselves to the point that we can't pour into others, we're actually neglecting others. And so it seems contradictory at the beginning that we would put ourselves first because we truly want to serve others. But if we don't, we can't serve others. So I think that's a powerful question that we have to play out in all of our minds of what happens if we don't.
0: And that's so counterintuitive, but what you said is so wise. And you personally live this with not only intentionality, but also consistency. Mm-hmm. And when you put those two together, something incredible happens. So if somebody wants to start being consistent mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. you mentioned some days it may look like only 10 push-ups.
1: Mm-hmm. But what other tips do you have for just getting started? Pick something that you love. So if it's physical, if it's physical health, it's exercise or nutrition, like pick something that you love and make that good decision easy, right? whether that's stocking your pantry and your fridge full of the healthy foods, whether that's putting, I always put my tennis shoes and my exercise clothes right by my bed because I don't want to have to talk myself out of it in the time it takes to open my drawers and find something to wear to work out. And PS, if you have a cute outfit to work out in, it makes it just a little bit more fun and something to look forward to. So um, I think making those good decisions where they're easy And the easy decisions that we make, the good ones, I think that helps tremendously and just find those things we love. So if you love to dance, go find a Zumba class. And if you love to walk and listen to an awesome podcast, like the savvy sauce, then do that for 30 minutes every day. Um And if you love to ride a bike, like go pump up the tires and dust off the seat on your bike and go do that and ride it with your kids, do stuff with your kids. Don't feel like it has to be separate time. If that's not an option I mean, I love teaching David how to ride his little tricycle and run behind or beside him. You get some good sprinting in that way because those little... Those little toddlers can really ride fast. So I think it's just find those things that you love, make that decision easy to say yes to, and then reward yourself. I'm a big fan of setting goals and then rewarding yourself for them. So maybe you say for 30 days, I'm going to be active every day or five out of seven days for a month, I'm going to be active And then decide what you're going to do to reward yourself. And maybe that means going and buying a new exercise shirt or going out to dinner with your husband or taking a bath with some fancy little bath bomb or something, (laughs) but pick something to reward yourself and celebrate the success.
0: I love that. And now a brief message from our sponsor. I want to say thank you to our longtime sponsor, Chick-fil-A East Peoria, and I want to share a few updates with you about Chick-fil-A East Peoria. First of all, I hope that you've already downloaded the Chick-fil-A app, because did you know that with the app, you can skip the line and have food ready for you when you arrive? You can even sit down at your favorite table and have your meal brought directly to you as you get settled in. This is one of my favorite options when I'm taking my four daughters to Chick-fil-A East Peoria. So with this Chick-fil-A app, you can do all these things while earning points toward free rewards that are fully customized to your preferences and tastes. So I hope you download the Chick-fil-A app today and start earning your free treats. I also want to update you on Chick-fil-A East Peoria's new product, Mac and Cheese. This is a classic recipe featuring a blend of Monterey Jack, Cheddar, Parmesan, and Romano cheeses. The mac and cheese is baked fresh daily in the restaurant so it tastes like home. They have it available as a premium side, a kids' meal side option, and in catering trays. I know our family loves to use the catering option when we're hosting people at our home. And if we get the Chick fil A mac and cheese, we know that the kids and adults alike will love something we're serving. Finally, I want to let you know that Chick-fil-A was named as one of Glassdoor's best places to work in the nation. That's a huge honor. And one team member even wrote, no comparison. This is a great job for a first job, extra money or for career advancement. Such a loving environment, great management and fair pay. Chick-fil-A believes that the local and involved ownership ensures fostering an environment where you are known, challenged, and cared for. So if you're looking for a wonderful place to work, I would love to encourage you to visit Chick-fil-A East Peoria or fill out an application online today at cfaeastpeoria.com. Beyond physical health, you seem to have high standards for your own personal development. How do you stay
1: motivated to keep learning and growing? Hmm. My dad um, set a really powerful example for myself and my brothers of being someone who's a continual learner, constantly curious and reading and learning. Um, He's retired now, but he still reads like he was running his business. I mean, he's just one that's very inspirational in that way. And so that's been something, whether I've caught it or was taught it, or it's just a part of my DNA of something that I always want to be true in my life. So I think what's helpful is when we surround ourselves with other people that are curious and we read the quote I've heard often is you're the same person tomorrow as you are today, with the exception of the people you meet, the books you read and the experiences that you have. And so stretching myself to read new and different books, even if they might oppose an opinion that I have, but challenging my thinking in that way or having conversations with people that think differently than me so that it helps me understand others better, have more empathy. Um, And then having experiences that stretch me and challenge, I think are really important in staying, staying curious. So even listening to podcasts and things like that. Even if you don't have a lot of time, again, some is better than none.
0: Such a good principle. And speaking of books, any that you are currently reading
1: or ones from the past that you would like to recommend to someone today? Oh, I love them. um So one that I'm reading that has to do with customer experience and where the work-related is... It's called The Power of Moments by Chip and Dan Heath. So they wrote the book Made to Stick, which is a very awesome book too. But this one is talking about the moments that we have, whether it's in a customer experience, which would be more work-related for me, but it's very applicable to moments that we create in our families' lives. How can we be intentional to celebrate the big moments and walk through the challenging moments with those that we care about and love the most? So it's very it's a very fascinating book. Next on my list is Warren Berger's book, "The More Beautiful Question," and so I've been really challenged in thinking about how do um, how do I ask better questions. So I'm really excited to read that book as well. Why do you think questions are important? Why wow. is that something you want to learn to do better? So I find that the questions that we ask set up and determine the quality of the conversations we will have or the experiences we create. I'm going to host a group of, uh, different hospitality professionals from other industries in a few weeks. And I've been thinking a lot about what are the questions that I'm going to pose for the discussion? Because I find when you ask a question of a group, whether that's a small group of women that you meet with, or whether it's a a corporate group, the questions we ask determine the quality of that conversation. And so we have a girls group. We meet every other week at night after our babies are tucked in. We... (laughs) roll out of our houses in our virtually in our pajamas and get together and pray and and challenge each other and scripture and where we're learning and growing. And when we set our conversation up with questions, really intentional questions, then I think it determines the output of the conversation and where that goes. And I'll give you an example. I uh, saw this question the other day and I've been chewing on it and it was, if the Lord answered all of your prayers today, would it change your life or would it change the world? (laughs) And I was like, oh snap, (laughs) like how much of my prayers have to do with Elizabeth and my family and what directly impacts me, but how much do I truly want my prayers to be about the world and kingdom minded and eternity focused And so I think the power in questions is, is the intentionality within the question that we ask ourselves or others determines the quality and the the richness of the conversation and the output, which I think leads to different directions that we decide to take in life. So there's something rich in questions. And so I want to continually be one that learns and grows in how to ask myself and others better questions. Wow. I could not agree more. I love how
0: you articulated that. And I didn't mean to interrupt. Were there any other books that you wanted to recommend that we could add to our show notes?
1: Oh, um, the other one I've been reading at nighttime, I like to read fiction because it just kind of helps me drift off to sleep and not think about all of the the details of life. I've been reading through um, Francine Rivers, her Mark of the Lion series. And I have been really challenged just thinking about the faith journey um, at that time in in Rome and Ephesus and what it must have been like to have been so incredibly persecuted. And it's actually showed up and changed some decisions I've made in my day-to-day life and helped me be a little bit more bold, you know, because I'm like, man, if she can go face a lion in an arena, I can certainly talk about my faith in in a pretty safe place. And so that's one that's been really refreshing for me can you give an example? You said you've already applied it to your life. Is there anything that comes to mind? It's kind of silly, (laughs) but I was at an event. I was speaking at an event and they asked that I um share a song for walk up music, and I knew at this particular event that most of the music would be super cool and and like the greatest showman music or um you know more fun pop kind of stuff and um but the song that I really love right now we sing it, driving in uh to school each day is um is Zach Williams Old church choir um, which is a really fun, upbeat song. And something in my heart just felt like that's the song, that's your song. But I felt ashamed for a moment. Like, no, I mean, this is a pretty cool event. Like I need to come off as like, you know, cool. But it was like, no, that is a cool song, but it is, it is a Christian song. But, it just was a moment where I thought, no, that's my song, and that represents me, and no one's going to steal my joy, as the song says. And so that's what we played. That's exciting that you read that fiction book that
0: inspired you to action. That's great. And all of your intentionality in all these different areas also comes in handy with your current work. So what are some of the most beneficial business leadership principles you've learned with your career at Chick-fil-A? You
1: know, Laura, it is so rich, the amount of leadership development and the role modeling that happens at Chick-fil-A. I think that's something that I love. I think about Truett, our founder, Um, who has passed away and I know we all miss him so much. Um, my husband was his assistant for eight years. And so we actually lived next door to them for the first five years of our marriage. And I think back to what an incredible leader he was and the legacy that he created and the richness that he has left behind of care. And I think that it he was an incredible example of someone that was a savvy businessman. He had great, incredible intuition, but he truly was a servant leader. And there's a number of organizations that embody servant leadership well, and Chick-fil-A is one of them. And I pray it always remains to be true of um, putting others first. And so I think in some ways that kind of contradicts what we talked about with Um, making sure that you're being your very best. I think we do have to make sure that we can show up and have that baseline foundation of being our best physical activity and nutrition and spiritual growth and all of that. Like that's just table stakes to show up to the game. But once you're there, I think it's having that mindset that we're here to serve. And I think that that has been one of the most inspirational things for me to observe and experience. And I aspire to live out is when you watch the CEO of the organization, pick up your trash and take it to the trash can. There's a moment there where you go, Whoa, like he doesn't have to do that, but he cares so much That it's not a show, it's just who he is. And so I think I'm trying to figure out a good way to wrap that up just in a principle, but... Um, that's been one of the most powerful leadership lessons that I've had is that it's not about me. It's not about whether it's a speaking engagement, it's a meeting, whatever it is. Like, it's not about me. It's about that other person. And when I get so wrapped up and consumed that it's about me, then I think that whatever it is I'm working on will never be and never fulfill the potential that it could have. When that's my focus, but when my focus is on others or it's about the concept and putting that concept out into market and serving others and caring for them, then I feel like that's where God shows up and does remarkable things in all of our lives because it's about his glory and his credit and it's not about ourselves and our own little kingdoms. That's so well said, and as you bring up Truitt
0: You walked alongside him for years. So any other favorite stories to share or any of his quotes that Mm. really resonate with you? Mm.
1: So he often said for Chick-fil-A, he would say, we're in the people business and we just happen to sell chicken. And I love that because I think it's easy, whether it's our personal lives or businesses to get our purpose off focus. And he kept it on focus that it's about the people. Um, he'd often say the three most important decisions that you make in life are three M's, your master, your mate, and your mission. I love that. And he said in that order is critical. So who is your master? Who do you serve? And his hope was always that, you'd serve the Lord, um, as he did. And, um, your mate, second most critical decision you make in life and just trusting the Lord that if that's the path that he has for you, that he'll bring that person in the perfect time. And I know that was a story for me. And then, uh, your mission, what is it? Like, what is your, why, what is your purpose? Why do you wake up each day and, and go chase something? And so he always said that those are your three most, important decisions that you make in life. And he was just funny. He was such, just such a funny down to earth kind of guy some days because he came to work every day until he was 90, um, 91. And, uh, some days when he'd leave a little bit early, he'd say that he just worked really quick that day. <laughs> and he say he would tell other staff, maybe someday you can work quick like me. But, um, He was a really, really awesome, awesome man who left a really big legacy behind. Thank you for sharing that. He truly is a hero. And here at the podcast,
0: we're called Savvy for a reason. Savvy means practical knowledge, discernment, or understanding. And we want this podcast to increase our capacity to make good judgments. So we would all love to hear some of your practical applications from your own life so that any of the listeners can leave today with their own action item. So that leads us to our final question. Elizabeth, what is your savvy sauce? I love this
1: question. (laughs) I think a question, so I'm going to answer your question with a question, (laughs) a question that I have been asking myself in different seasons and giving myself permission to have different answers in different seasons is... How am I being the best version of myself? How am I being the best version of who God created me to be and who he is calling me to be? And with young kids right now, it feels like the seasons are really fast. Like what has worked, a system that has worked for a little bit suddenly is disrupted and a new season is needed, whether that's just based on how they're sleeping or whatever that might be. I find that those seasons shift quickly. And so how am I being the best version of myself? And typically my answer, there'll be one element of health that arises. So my physical health, I'm not being the best version of myself physically. I'm not being the best version of myself spiritually, my marriage, as a mom, my career, financial. I think everything has a ebb and a flow to it and leaning into that to say, what is the best version of myself look like? in this season. And then just prayerfully leaning into what God has for me is, um, what I've been aspiring toward and trying to do to make sure that I'm being a faithful steward of the life that I have. That's
0: great way to conclude today. Love that question. We can all ask ourselves and Elizabeth, you're such a strong woman in so many ways. I love your enthusiasm And when I spend time with you, I experience double joy. I then leave feeling empowered to pursue my own continuous growth. So thank you for sharing
1: your savvy tips with us today. Well, thank you for doing this podcast. I'm honored to be a part of it. And I feel double joy when I'm with you. (laughs) Well, you have a great day. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye, friend.
0: One more thing before you go. Have you heard the term gospel before? It simply means good news and I want to share the best news with you, but it starts with the bad news. Every single one of us were born sinners and God is perfect and holy, so he cannot be in the presence of sin, therefore we're separated from him. This means there's absolutely no chance we can make it to heaven on our own. So for you and for me, it means we deserve death and we can never pay back the sacrifice we owe to be saved. and see Jesus. We can be covered and justified through the work Jesus finished, if we choose to receive what he has done for us. Romans 10, 9 says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So would you pray with me now? Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to take our place. I pray someone today, right now, is touched, and chooses to turn their life over to you. Will you clearly guide them and help them take their next step in faith to declare you as Lord of their life? We trust you to work and change the lives now for eternity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are declaring him for me, so me for him. You get the opportunity to live your life for him. At this podcast, we are called Savvy for a reason. We want to give you practical tools to implement the knowledge you have learned. So you're ready to get started? First, tell someone. Say it out loud. Get a Bible. The first day I made this decision, my parents took me to Barnes & Noble to get the Quest NIV Bible and I love it. Start by reading the book of John. Get connected locally, which basically means just tell someone who is part of the church in your community that you made a decision to follow Christ. I'm assuming they will be thrilled to talk with you about further steps such as going to church and getting connected to other believers to encourage you. We want to celebrate with you too, so feel free to leave a comment for us if you made a decision for Christ. We also have show notes included where you can read scripture that describes this process. Finally, be encouraged. Luke 15 10 says,